I told you we're going to pray. We're going to preach about today is the day of restoration. Somebody say restoration. restoration. Say it again. Restoration. Lift up your hand and say the restoration. restoration. Say Jesus, Jesus, I'm in here today for restoration. I want to see the power of restoration. I want to see the power of restoration. Hallelujah. And you will see it tonight. Let's go quickly to the Bible, the book of, uh, of 2 Kings, chapter number 7, verse 3 to 10. 2 Kings, chapter number 7, verse 3 to 10. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly. Thank you, Jesus. He said, now there was, there were four lepers, men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And if we, we sit, we, if we shall die, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. Now. Therefore, come, let us surrender to the enemy, to the army of the Syrian. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we, will, we shall only die. Wow. Let's say if they kill us, we will only die. Let's go on. And they rose at twilight and to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrians, of the Syria, a Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of Syrians, of the Syrian, to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of great army. And so they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites. And uh, the king of the Egyptian to attack us. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is it, are we, did we jump somewhere? I think we jumped. Hallelujah. We, let me read it from here. Okay. They said, okay, at the city. Therefore they rose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. They tent, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when those lepers, uh, lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went, into, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carry from it silver and gold and clothing, and went and hid them. Then they, say, they went back, uh, some, they, then they went back and entered another tent and carried some from there also, and went and hid it. When they, then they said to one another, we are doing nothing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment may come on us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeeper of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly no one was there. Not, no human sound, only horses and donkeys tied 
and returned intact. Now, this is a story in the time of Elisha. And we know that the, there, was, there was a war, if we want to uh, know the context. The army of Syria are surrendered, have, let's say, encamped around and against the camp of the army of Israel. And then it took some time. It took some time. Now, if you want to know, let me give you a scripture that will give you just the context of this scripture. It's a bit up. It's in the book of 2 Kings. If you read from the 2 Kings, verse 6. Sorry, 2 Kings chapter number 6, verse 24 to 31. 2 Kings 6, 24 to 31. They say the Syrian besieged Samaria, and there was a famine. There was a famine in a way that, if you read it, they will say, they were selling pigeon poo. People were eating it. Yes. And the head of a donkey were being sold expensive. Go and read it, you will see. And then one day, the king was going on the wall. And two women were fighting. And the one said to the king, King, this lady, we decided together that we will eat my child. And then the next day, we will eat her child. Now we have eaten my child. The day has come, she doesn't want us to eat her child. That's the level of famine that came. When a woman decided, let us eat my child today, and tomorrow we eat your child. Have you ever heard of a story like that? And they say, when the king heard it, he tore his garments, and there was sackcloth underneath. And the people were looking at him. And the king says that I will take the head of Elisha. Because the king thought Elisha was a curse in the land. Hallelujah. And, 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 and while the king sent people to catch Elisha, Elisha has seen them in the spirit. And he said, look at the son of this murderer. He has sent people to come and arrest me. And if you go to 2 Kings chapter number 7, you will see that before they came, Elisha knew what was happening. And when they came, Elisha prophesied. He said, by tomorrow this time. My God. I said, by tomorrow this time. That's what we call the, the suddenly miracles. You know, there are miracles that take, there are interventions that takes long, but there are some that takes overnight. There are some that don't even take overnight. They happen as he speaks. Hallelujah. So now, he said, tomorrow by this time. Now the man that was walking with the king says, even if the windows of heaven has to open, this cannot be possible. Elisha says, you will see it, but you will not eat some. Oh, I'm here to announce to you that there are many people in the church that are about to miss it. Why? Because they judge everything. Yes, when they sit like that, instead of taking their judging, is this real? Are they faking it? Are they not faking it? While you are doing all this, we are moving on. Hallelujah. Because we've been doing this for more than 15 years. And you just came today, you think we are faking for 15 years. Amen. So what I'm saying is that people in the church miss it because of their reasoning. They don't know that in the spirit, there are things that are already established. Listen, the carnal mind cannot receive a thing of the spirit. Only the discerning mind. Remember, things in the spirit are already established. Oh, I hope I can show you something tonight. I hope I can show you something tonight. Look. Look, the thing that we see here, 
are natural and we see them because we have eyes. But there is the eyes of a spirit that causes a man to see other dimensions in a way that we see things that some people don't see. Somebody says there is an angel. He says, what is that? It's an imagination. No, no. His eyes is open. You believe in angel, but when they say they see angel, you are shocked. So what do you believe? You say you believe in God. If somebody say, I saw Jesus. Yeah. Why? But you say you believe in him. You say he's real. Now this real Jesus comes, you think it's, it's wrong. So why are you worshipping him? So the men say, you shall not. Elijah said, you, you will not profit of that. And then that the story of the people with leprosy came in. Listen, the people with leprosy were outcasts. Come on now. These people are outcasts. By law, they are forbidden to enter the city because of a physical, physical sickness. They were called unclean. Do you want me to show you where? Hallelujah. These people were unclean. Somebody say they are unclean. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go to Leviticus chapter number 13, verse 13. Leviticus chapter number 13, verse 13. Quickly. Leviticus 13, 13. Leviticus chapter number 13, verse 13. It talks about the law concerning people with leprosy. Yes. Leviticus. No. You are, you are not with me. You are somewhere else. Let me read it from here. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man has on a skin, when a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scrub, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like leprosy, then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to the one of his sons, the priest. The priest shall examine the sores, the sore and the skin of the body. And if the hair of the sore has turned white, and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is leprous sore. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. So, 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 these people were unclean. Remember, Syria has besieged the camp of the Lord. These people are also Jews, and they are outside of the camp. <laughs> they are not with the Syrian, and they are not with Israel. They are in the middle of nowhere. They are in a no man land because of a condition. Hallelujah. I, 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 I know some people feel like that when they come to church or where they are with believers. They feel that they don't belong. How many people come to church and they feel that they don't belong at all? They feel that whatever is happening here is not them. them. They feel that people are too holy for them and they feel that some of them, they don't even connect because of a disability somewhere. Some of them even think that God has rejected them 
Some of them think God does not like them. And some of them, because of what they went through, maybe what their father did to them or is doing to them, they cannot connect with God. They are in the land of nowhere. They are in Lodebar. Hallelujah. Remember Mephibosheth? I told you. He was a cripple and he was in the land of Lodebar. And Lodebar means no man land. So, so, so there are some people that are in Lodebar spiritually. Meaning that they are nowhere. They are nowhere. Some of them, they don't, fit for, they don't feel fit for the service of God. Many people think, I can't pray for the sick. Some of them are so a praise of, of Satan, you don't want to pray and say his name. You think he will beat you up. Yes. These people have leprosy. They were in the land of nowhere. When the word of the Lord was released, they didn't hear it. <laughs> when Elisha released the word, they didn't hear it. But they were stirred. No man that was clean in the city was stirred. Only those who were unclean outside were stirred. But the problem I have with that is that I couldn't understand why the Lord will use somebody that he has banned by law. Remember, that law was from God. Now, why will God stir people with leprosy? I realized no clean man was available. No man that was clean according to the rituals was available. Every man was busy looking for food for his family. Every man was looking for the safety of his family. No one was worried about what was going on because they were on survival boats. Everybody to himself. And the king was so desperate that he put sackcloth, he hid it under his garment. You know, there are some people that are hiding grave clothes under their garment today. They put on a smile, but inside they are being destroyed. The king has grave clothes on the king attire. He was, he, was, he was dressed as a king, but underneath there was trouble. Some people, you see their faces, they, they want to display a kind of smile, but behind that smile there is brokenness. And, and, and they want to take a face so that they can look Christian. And because, because the Christian thing is that you must feel okay, you must look okay. So even when they are fighting, when they come to church, they smile. You, you know, they were fighting at home, but when they come to church, honey, baby, you see, you see what I mean? They have put on the suit, but the grave clothes are underneath. They are suffering. We call it the silent cry of a silent death. People are bound with things. They are insane, but they can't disclose it because they are afraid of the judgment of the church people. They think I can speak about this. People will think I'm not a Christian. Therefore, they go on performing so that people can like them, but they forgot that heaven sees them anyway. You see, when the king was walking, people were looking there and they saw underneath there was something. 
A news came and shook him when he heard that children were being eaten in his kingdom. Shook him. Until when are you going to hide? Until you hear a news? Until when are you going to put on the suit and die silently without saying to the Lord, Lord, I am broken and I need you. You know the grace of the Lord is so vast that the moment you step into confession and realization of your own condition, God takes over. But when you hide it, he says that a sin that is hidden is, a, is an abomination. Before. He says even your prayers are an abomination. Before. But he says if you confess and forsake it, you obtain mercy. That's in the book of Proverbs. So, so, so that was the thing. So these people with leprosy, they came to a place where they said, you know what? We are dead anyway. No one accepts us. We are in the wilderness. Now, if we want to go back to the city, actually they didn't understand they would not enter the city because there was a law. But they think, because the situation is so damaging in the city, maybe they will overlook our situation. So even if I go to church, it's the same. They say, if I go to the Syrian, if I try to serve the devil, it's the same. So what must I do? They're stuck. And suddenly, suddenly, they, they say, let's go, let's go. They went, and while they were going, the Bible says, God calls the Syrian army to hear the sound of horses, chariots, and a vast army. But let me tell you something. There were only four. And, and can I tell you something also? Themselves, they didn't hear the sound. They didn't know something was going on. They were just going as simple people with leprosy. But when they were going, the Lord was going before them. They did not know that God was going before them because they despised themselves so much. It was impossible for them to think that God can use them. My God. There are some people here that think God cannot use them because of a condition. These people were, were, cast, were cast out. But you know what? The Lord went after them. Although the law forbid them, the Lord overruled the law that gave. And he went after people that made a decision. He said, what shall we do? Let's go there, let's go. They said, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now, do you know that God sees the heart of men? Hallelujah. These people, their condition was bad. But God used them. Now my question is, why, God, why? I understand that God heard their heart and knew their heart. Remember, they went, they were collecting food. Number one, why God used them is because no man dared to stand up and go in the camp of the Syrian. These four people, although they were not going to fight, but they decided they're going there. You see, if you are not courageous enough to confront your situation, God cannot help you. 
Some of you are waiting for God to help you. God is waiting for you to just move. You are waiting for God to do something. God is waiting for you to stand up. And they say the sound of chariots. And of now, now, let me tell you something. Those chariots, those chariots and those army were not the army of the people with leprosy. Come on. These army were the same that were on the hill when Elisha was, was, was being tormented by the Syrian. The Bible says that God opened the eyes of a servant. And he saw on the hill, if you go to 2 Kings chapter number 6, he saw on the hill a, a army, full, a, a, the, 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 the hill was full of horses and a great army. These are the people that God has sent to minister to the prophets of God. And when the prophets spoke, these people went ahead of the lepers. And people with lepers said, you know, they didn't know they were acting on a word. That, was, that has resounded in the spirit. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, why did God use them? I say, number one, it was their attitude. They say, let's go. Let's go. If we die, we die. Have you, have you ever heard that Esther says, I'm going before the king, and if I perish, I perish. When you come to the point where your life is not important to you anymore, when death is not a threat to you anymore, but you know that you serve God doesn't matter what. If I perish, I perish. I'll continue to believe. Even if I die, I will still believe. I'll continue to speak the same word even if I die. Some people change their confession because of the reality of what they are going through. If I perish, somebody say, somebody help me. If I perish, that was the first attitude. The second attitude, and I believe that's why God used them. The second attitude is that these people, although they were rejected, were still thinking of the good of those who rejected them. Remember, the city rejected them. Now they go and fall on the spoil and they say to themselves, we are not doing something good. This is a day of good news. The city is dying and we are feasting. But I forgot that it was the city that rejected them. How do you react toward the people that reject you? These people were banned from society. But when they got the spoil, they said, we cannot eat this alone. And who do they want to share with the people that rejected them? You see the attitude and the heart of these people? Although they knew these people didn't like them, but they still prayed for them. My God. Although they knew these people didn't like them, they still share their food with them. Although they knew that these people are gossiping about us, we share our food with them. Because we know this is a day of good news. These people with leprosy realize it's not about us. And the people of the city are not our real enemies. Our real enemy is the sickness. Because before we were sick, we were among them. But now that our condition has caused them to turn their back on us. So Ephesians 6.12 says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh, listen to me now. So when you are in a situation where you feel rejected, understand you are not fighting against flesh and blood. 
Because somewhere, somehow, your destiny is being fought against. But with the eyes of the flesh, you are focusing on what is going on and you miss on your destiny. They say, there is food here. Let's go and call them. You see, we were hiding it. And when they went twice, they say, ah, guys, enough. Although the king didn't send us here, but we know that the kingdom needs food. And by the mouth of people with leprosy, the good news was preached. You don't check what I'm saying. The good news was preached that day by the mouth of people that everybody says they are good for nothing. These are the people that went and announced there is a good news. Now, listen, some of you, you are sitting here, you think you must be qualified before God sent you. No, you just need to be available with a right heart. And God looks, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trivializing qualification, but what I'm trying to tell you is that when you are available and your heart is right, God can bypass. God can bypass all the human systems in order to put you where you need to be. These people have leprosy. According to the law, they shouldn't be used. Remember, the Bible says that those with leprosy cannot enter the assemblies of the people. They cannot even go to the priest unless they are healed. So they, are, they can't go to church unless they have dealt with a sin. They can't go to church unless things have come right to them. But when God wants to use somebody, he went and used them. Society has rejected them, but God was after them. I don't know what is going on with you. I don't know who has rejected you, but I'm here to give you a good news. God is after you tonight. I said God is after you tonight, and God shall not let you go. God shall not let you down. Why? Because your heart is ready. Say, God, I know I'm weak. I, I, I know, I know I'm still, a, I'm still having leprosy. This, it's not healed. But if you can use somebody like me, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. The people with leprosy were escorted by angels. They are escorted by angels. Because you see, when you are weak, I am strong. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying don't deal with your weaknesses. That's not my point is. My point is acknowledge it and call upon the name of the Lord. And when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will come for, for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God wants a people that are dedicated to him. Hallelujah. God wants a people that know that the battle is not against flesh and blood. God wants a people that can look their enemies in the eye and say, I see you still somebody God loves. And who am I to hate you? I, I understand that there's a manipulation somewhere. And instead of arresting you, I arrest the manipulator. Can I submit to you that when a car enters an accident and, and the driver is not right, they don't arrest the car, they arrest the driver. But who hit the person? The car. But who was in, behind the wheel? 
the driver. So what you arrest in your situation is not the car, it's the driver of the car. And we know the driver of the car. We know that you can go to war against the driver of the car. And we know, we, we, listen, somebody asked one man one time, he said, if you are a farmer, hallelujah, and you have cows, and you built a nice enclosure for them. Huh? You even cement it. So you keep them there, and in the day you release them, they go and eat. And you have put nice things in that enclosure. You put them there. Then at night, you bring them. Then in the morning you realize the enclosure is full of poo. They have messed up your beautiful enclosure that cost you money. He said, what do you do? Do you kill them? He said, no. I remove them and I clean the mess. And he said, that's how God is. God does not kill you because you have messed up. He removes you from the situation. He cleans up the mess and brings you back where he can use you. <sighs> so many are discouraged because they look at their skin. They think, oh, I'm white with leprosy. I hope I can be with that guy. They see me ministering, I will never arrive. Because this guy come here, he gives wealth of knowledge, he gave it all grace. I say, it is all grace. Somebody said to your neighbor, it is all grace. What is killing you is your own judgment. I want to finish with this story. My God. I want to finish with this. The woman that was caught up in adultery. The Bible says she was caught in the very acts. Hallelujah. In the, in the very act. Say it again. In the, so they were busy. The people went. They removed the lady and the man was still in the house. Hallelujah. Somebody said, how did they get in? Surely some of them had the key. Because she was a prostitute. Or whatever it is, I don't know. But they say she was an adulteress. So it means that it's not the first time maybe she's sleeping with a man. That is. They pick up the woman and they come. And they say to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it, said, it states that such a woman shall be stoned to death. They say when they were speaking, Jesus was writing on the ground with his finger. Do you understand that the law was written by the finger of God? So anything that can rewrite the law should be the finger of God. So while they were speaking, Jesus was rewriting the law on the ground. And, and when he stood, he says, this is the new law. He who has never sinned, let him throw the first stone. The Bible says that they realized that there's a new law. And, and if I throw a stone, the pain, I will feel it first before this woman feels the pain. And, and they said from the, from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped the stones. And the young boy said, Daddy, he said, my, my son, I am going home. 
And the young boy said, if daddy is going, I better follow him. And they all went. And the Bible says Jesus was still writing about the woman on the ground because men was taken out of the ground. So the correction of inability shall take place from the ground. So Jesus was writing on the ground. And he stood up and he said to the woman, woman, because she was left alone, where are your accusers? She said, they are gone. And he said, on that strength, me also, I do not condemn you. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the condemnation is first to you. And if you reject it, the Lord accepts you. Where are the accusers? Because now, Satan will not bring a crowd to accuse you. He will come into your mind. He will tell you what a worthless person you are. He will tell you you can't pray for the sick. He will tell you you are wasting all your life. He will tell you you have tried it all. It's not working. Where are your accusers? So today, God is rewriting your story in the sand. The Holy Ghost is rewriting your story in the sand. While, while your accusers are speaking, there's another voice that is speaking behind you. While they were speaking... The accusers. They are all gone. He said, Me too, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. This is big. They are gone. And the Spirit told me today, some of your accusers are going to leave you now. Some of your accusers are going to leave you because God brings conviction, not guilt. If you are doing something, the Holy Ghost will convince you, convince you and he will help you. But the voice that tells you, this is bad, what are you doing? It is not God because God does not speak like that. When God speaks, he brings an answer. So a voice that does not bring answer is a voice of condemnation. And God is not a God that condemns you without giving you an opportunity of repentance. Remember, anytime he prophesied over Israel, he said, I'm going to wipe these people away. But he said, but if you turn from your sin and come to me, I will heal you. So God is not the God of accusation. God is a God of hope. So today, maybe you are living in condemnation. But God said, live in conviction. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But when the Holy Spirit convinces you, one of the things that you may know is not the Holy Ghost. When you think you are convinced and you are in self-pity, it's not God. Because God is not in self-focusing. Yes, God is not in self-focusing. God is in God-focusing. So when God say you, to you, it's not good, but he say, but turn your eyes <laughs> upon Jesus and his wonderful face. And the things of the world will go strangely dim in the lights of his glory and grace. So whenever God speaks to you about your son, he will show you the cause where you can be healed. When Satan speaks to you about your sin, he will show you you. Yes. 
Yes. Because when people were beaten in the wilderness, in the book of Leviticus, when they murmur against God, you know, I love God. He's such a redeeming God. They murmur against him. He sends snake to kill them, and he provides the answer for healing. God. He said, I'm going to kill them, but I'm going to give you a way out. He said, Moses put a bronze snake on a pole, which is a picture of a cross. And he said, whenever somebody is beaten, if he look his wound, he will die. But if he look at the bronze snake, he will not die. So the problem is not the bite. The problem is where are you looking? The problem you're having tonight is not what is happening to you. The problem you're having is where are you looking? Are you looking onto the cross or are you looking on your foot that is just beaten? Are you looking at your sickness or are you looking at the cross? The problem is not what happens to you. The only problem is where you are looking. Oh, somebody help me here. I say where your eyes are, that's where your, your success or defeat can come from. Hallelujah. I say tonight is your deliverance. Oh, I love God. I love God. That story blessed me. I say, God, how are you so angry with people? You send snake to kill them. Then you send the answer. So it means you didn't want to kill them, actually. If I want to kill you, I would not give you a cure. It's so simple. But do you know some people died? Although the answer was in front of them, some did die. Because when we were bitten, instead of looking at the bronze snake, we were looking at the pain. We were saying, ah, my foot! And while we were doing that, we dropped dead. Some of them, when we beat them, they say, oh, it's painful, but their eyes were on the cross. And when they look at the cross, behold the cross, and they look at Jesus, what the Lord has done, then whatever they are doing becomes small and disappear. The blood of Jesus is able to break every yoke, is able to give answers. The blood of Jesus is able to pull you from sin into righteousness. The blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for tonight. I pray that your grace, everybody sitting here, you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for the good works he has prepared you for. But I perceive in my spirit that there are many lies that cause you to sit on the pew and not do what God has called you. Because Satan is keeping you behind. Listen, Satan has no authority over you. He has only lies over you. Can I say that again? He has no authority over you, only lies over you. If you listen to the lies, it will seem like he has authority, but he does not have any authority because the authority was broken and authority was given back to you. So when you fall into sin, first of all, you repent. Secondly, you say, Satan, you don't come again. And then you crucify the flesh because you have power over that. When that is said and done, walk out free. Stop confessing a sin that you confessed 10 years ago. Some of you, you are still confessing a sin that you did 10 years ago. Yes. Every time you worship, it comes, oh Lord, forgive me. Can I go as far as tell you, although abortion is a sin because you kill a human being, but those who have aborted in their life and have come to repentance, the Lord has forgiven you. 
and stop that cry upon that abortion and look forward to see that child in heaven and say to the Lord, I was blind, but now I am. Oh, say to the Lord, before I didn't understand, that's why I did what I did, but now I have come to knowledge and I know that the Lord is able to sanctify me. Hallelujah. I want everybody here, let's close our eyes. Everybody here that feel like, Lord, I'm struggling with spiritual leprosy. Yeah, I'm stuck between the two camps. The church feels that I'm rejected. Even the people that I love feels that they reject me. But Lord, I know you accept me. And tonight I want to come. Some of you say, Lord, this sickness upon me, I don't have hope anymore. Father, it's like every day I try to have hope, but I'm sinking every day. Some of you, the voice of accusation is upon you. God, the enemy is telling you, you've been calling to ministry. It's been how many years you have not moved yet. I'm telling you tonight, it can be your breakthrough. So if you are in this category I'm talking about, I want you to, while eyes are closed, I want you to stand up in the name of Jesus and say, Lord, I am in. I am in. I need you. I am in. My wife, I want you guys to help me with keyboard. I am in, Lord. I am in. I am in. I need you. I need you. I need you. I have fallen under the forces of judgment. I have rejected myself. I have said to myself, maybe this is not worth. I will never make it. I will never be able to achieve what God wants me because the standard is too high for me. But the Lord is coming to you tonight and say, the standard is not too high. My love for you overtake whatever you have put before you. I want you to lift up your eyes. Jesus, Jesus, and I want you to pray with me tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, I don't even know how to, exp to express this, but I need you. I need you. I have rejected my own self. I felt like I'm disqualified, but tonight, I realized I am qualified. Forgive me for giving into the lies of the enemy. Today, I repent of my belief system. I change my mind and I speak that God is for me and God is not against me. Today, I receive deliverance in the name of Jesus. And Satan, you will not tempt me with that anymore because I'm delivered by the power of God. I receive it now.